Direct from Homer, Alaska. Don't panic. Just come up with a good story. Here's the host of Backyard Millionaire, Chris Story. I guess the first question I'd love to ask you is, who informed your financial IQ the most? Was it your parents, grandparents, a book you read when you were a kid? Where'd you come from? Um, I grew up in a very lower middle class house, but my dad um, was all about building wealth and assets. I didn't realize until I got out into the real world that I had an incredible education that most people don't have. We taught, you know, I, at 11, I was scrubbing out rental properties between tenants. So I jokingly said I was been a real estate investor since the age of 10. <laughs> but we, he also owned orange groves because the oranges would give him cash flow. And later, one of those orange groves is now where SeaWorld is. So wow. he understood the velocity of money and we would talk about assets and cash flow at the dinner table it wasn't until i became a cpa and got out into the real world that i realized very few people understand money and um but my true passion for my dedication for financial education financial literacy came in december of 92 when my oldest son came home from college after his first semester in credit card debt we didn't even know he had a credit card he was one of those kids that got to school and the, the free table was free pizza, free money, free t-shirt, free money. So he had a really good time this first semester in college. And then the Piper came due. It wasn't, he realized, found out it wasn't such free money after all. So that was December of 92. And that's when I dedicated the rest of my career to what I'm doing now, financial education, financial literacy. That's amazing. And you, I was just going to say you're the rest of your career, you're at a stage of your career, you don't have to be doing this, you choose this. And now I understand because that was going to be another question I asked is why are you doing this? You could be on on your ranch, you could be doing anything you want to and yet you are still giving and I guess maybe I could answer my own question by hearkening back to something your father said to you every single day, have you added value to someone's life today? And so maybe that all ties together. Yep, you've been doing your homework. That's right. He told me, you know, people ask me what my you know pieces of advice are, and and that's always one of them. I grew up with him asking me that every night. And, you know, he's been gone for eighteen years, but I still ask myself that every night. And wouldn't the world be a better place if everybody wanted to add value and not take it? Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And and we have to know and come full circle. Obviously, your son got out of credit card debt, but um, I mean, what when? When you look back at that moment in 1992, doesn't it feel like a lifetime ago? And yet at the same time, kids are still offered credit cards today. Yeah, I mean, I'm as passionate about it today as I was back then. But I think what's more important today is that we we are seeing a change at now 25 states. Now, back then, very few states had personal finance, but now 25 states have already implemented or on the way to implementation of a required semester class in personal finance. Unfortunately, um, Arizona is not one of them. And so I'm back at the state where I've actually been testifying to the State Board of Education trying to get them to do that. But we, you know, I've been at the national level, different countries, different states across the country, continuing to sound the, the alarm and the horn that we need to prepare our children for the economic world they face. What role, if any, would you say that luck has played in your life, either with money and finance or relationships or both? Luck is when um, 
preparation meets opportunity. I think if you um, continue to work towards a definite purpose and you keep your eyes open, you will spot those opportunities that can be viewed by others as luck. But, um, you know, and success is really not dollars in the sense. It's how you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror. Mm. And you're right. I mean, I don't need to be doing what I'm doing, but I also don't call what I do work. When You know, when you love what you do or you're dedicated from a purpose perspective, it's not work. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I just recently read, oh, I wish I could remember off the top of my head, Sharon, maybe you know, it's, it's $100 billion, I believe. I mean, there's an inordinate amount of money that is spent on lottery tickets in America every year. And it's predominantly, it appears to be, those dollars are coming from people that can least afford that kind of an expenditure in their life. And yet at the same time, maybe they feel like that luck is their only grab at the, the apple or the brass ring or their rung to the ladder of life? What would you what would you say to anybody who's really counting on, quote, luck or winning the lottery? Well, that's um, not the smartest move when it comes to money. You know, I always tell people, um, even in, when we're talking about digital currencies today, I said, don't, don't put money that you need to eat in there. Consider it a form of entertainment. People who buy lottery tickets, um, you know, the, the the world of luck is definitely stacked against you when you buy a lottery ticket. But that doesn't mean it's not something that is you see adrenaline flowing and people excited. But it's like going to Vegas, right? Mm. People go to Vegas and they say, well, I'm going to spend 100 bucks. And when I'm done, I'm done. That's my entertainment budget versus those who go next hand next hand and all of a sudden they find themselves thousands of dollars in debt so it all comes back to mindset you know what is your mindset because what happens is those people with lottery that are addicted to the lottery or gambling they truly have a a scarcity mindset and the vast majority of us are raised that way because we're not taught about money we're raised with things like save for a rainy day pinch your pennies and um, we can't afford it. Money doesn't grow on trees. Every one of those things is negative. So you grow up money negative, money negative, money negative. No wonder we end up developing a, a mindset of scarcity and it's in our subconscious. So it's not something you can just snap your fingers and have it go away. You have to actually pay attention to that and start reprogramming your brain. Instead of saying, I can't afford it say, how can I afford it? Because that triggers your entrepreneurial spirit. It triggers your subconscious. To, it's not a, a negative statement. You know, you say, I can't afford it. You just want to turn off the lights and get under the covers. But if you say, how can I afford it? It triggers that entrepreneurial spirit in your subconscious and it goes to work trying to help you figure out how to do that. And so you open your mind to the possibilities. And that's why you either, if you live scarcity, you have blinders on. You know, you're looking down. But if you trigger that abundance mindset, you open your eyes and you look up for opportunities so that you can buy, build, or create assets. My favorite word on earth, Chris, is assets. So, And what are they? Assets put money in your pocket. So income-producing assets, you are financially free when the income from your assets exceeds your monthly expenses. It does not have to be millions of dollars. When I met Robert Kiyosaki, he had two small apartment complexes. He was making $100,000 a year in passive income. His living expenses, he lived in a two-bedroom condo. 
were like 35, 36,000 a year. He was financially free at $100,000 of income. That is the message that I wanted to share with the world. That is the message that everybody needs to hear. You don't have to be a billionaire to be financially free. Start buying, building, and creating income-producing assets. And what are those? Businesses, um, real estate, rental real estate, paper assets, stock bonds, mutual funds, commodities, intellectual property where you write a book or you create a program or you make an invention where you own the property generated from your mind. And that is where you can start. Once you create it, the asset becomes your employee. It works for you. And that's when you get your time back. We can make money, lose it, and make it back. But once our time is gone, it's gone. And so do you want to live into your future self being hindered to a paycheck? Or do you want to have your, your time freed up so you can enjoy life? And that's, I mean, at the end of the day, I tell people, it's not what you do for your paycheck that determines your financial future. It is what you do with your paycheck that determines your financial future. With every dollar you receive, you have a choice. Do I say goodbye to it and spend it, or do I invest it and invest it in my future? That's an amazing answer. I'm so grateful that I asked the question, but I really thought you were going to say assets are sexy, which is your tagline, and it's amazing. However, that answer was just dynamite. Thank you so much. Well, because- assets are sexy, Chris. <laughs> and the other thing I say is the older you become, the sexier they become. So. I agree. I agree. You mentioned Robert Kiyosaki. People know you around the world as being the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, and really helping build that into a global brand. Maybe people are less aware, uh, although it's gained a tremendous amount of traction, your involvement since 2008, if I'm not mistaken, with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Question, um, when did Napoleon Hill's work first enter your life? When did you discover him? Great question. I was 19 in college, and I read Thinking Grow Rich. I did not really understand the impact on my life that book would have until I was probably in my 30s. But yeah, what an incredible opportunity. I made the decision to leave the Rich Dad organization because I was no longer, we were no longer aligned in our personal missions in March of 07 and did not know what was in the future for me. And I tell people, and I share this story with your listeners, sometimes you have to close the door for other doors of opportunity to open. I made the decision to leave height of our success. People thought I was absolutely crazy. And there were times when I thought it was crazy, but I knew I couldn't stay there just from a personal mission perspective. And so a few months later is when I got the call from President Bush to be on the first President's Advisory Council for Financial Literacy. I served both Bush and Obama. I would not have had that call had I still been at Rich Dad. And March of 08, as you mentioned, is when I got the call from the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Now, as I said, I've been a huge fan of Napoleon Hill's work, but to have the call, to have me ha- having, after having built the world's largest personal finance brand, and then to be asked to step in to the world's largest personal um, development brand to help reinvigorate its teachings, because we know what was happening to the economy in 2008, nothing good, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they wanted to reinvigorate Napoleon Hill's teachings, because many people didn't know who he was and had never heard of the book. And so what an incredible honor I had 
two, I wrote three, three feet from gold and then outwitting the devil, which was hidden away for 73 years. I brought that out to the world. Then I wrote Thinking Grow Rich for Women and Success in Something Greater, all in cooperation and in close alignment with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Fantastic books, all of them. And uh, Three Feet from Gold is such a terrific story. It's a, it's a, I don't want to call it a parable, but it is. It's a narrative story that folds into it the teachings of Napoleon Hill in a way that you can read it again and again and read it with your, your family and or suggest it to anybody and have it have a big impact on your life. I love, love that book. You mentioned uh, Think and Grow Witch for, for Women. In my life, just kind of a quick summary, my mom and dad built companies together, built their businesses together. My wife and I built our companies and our investments together. I have a, the, the greatest accountant I could ask for in Carrie Herndon, a woman. I think women get finance, and but yet at the same time, I'm curious as to what you want women and women of the world to know about business and financing, because I know that's a big mission of yours. Yes, it is, absolutely. In fact, I have a new book that just released called How Money Works for Women, Take Control or Lose It, because you know women tend, we are better investors, but we also get into analysis paralysis, and we have a great more fear and historically, women tend to abdicate the financial responsibility. And so what happens is you end up having your husband pass away or, you know, heaven forbid, you get a divorce and the woman has no credit in her own name and she literally drops her standard of living 27%. And so I'm trying to sound the horn for women to take control because we already control 60% of personal wealth. And by the year 2030, we will have $30 trillion under women's control. So with that comes responsibility to educate ourselves, to understand money, to understand how to receive it, big one, how to receive it, how to invest it, how to grow it, how to preserve it, and how to create generational wealth. And we are still behind the eight ball in taking charge of owning our financial life. And I'm, you know, I'm again, standing on the mountaintop, getting, trying to wake women up. Because what happens is when you have a problem, a setback, you feel like you're the only one that has it and you're not. So this new book, How Money Works for Women, I take women from every decade of life from 19 to 86 and talk about the various things that women face, including you know, going to college or starting, um, planning for a wedding, starting a business, having a special needs child and having to readjust how you earn income, um, escaping an abusive marriage and starting over with children. Um, then I talk about having a 25-year marriage, looking forward to retirement together and your husband asks for a divorce. What do you do? How do you take care of yourself? A woman looking at going into Medicare. All of these things. And then a woman who ends up having her adult son and her father move in, the sandwich generation. All of these are real issues that every woman will face one of them during her lifetime. And it's so important to prepare yourself so that you are in control. Because, you know, the subtitle is take control or lose it. And that's, you know, more women need to take control of their finances. That's powerful. I can't wait to read that and get that for both my daughters and uh, for, for my own library with uh, Tiffany and I. You've... Oh, it's a unique book, um, Chris, because it 
for color, we have characters, avatars for each one of these characters. It's very easy to read, not intimidating. I'm getting such tremendous feedback from the women that have read it. I'm really proud of it. That's great. Can't wait to get it. And that's interesting, too, that you, you take a different approach because, you know, books have been, you know, in our midst for thousands of years. And at the same time, we do learn differently today. We do have a different type of attention span or whatever it is. And for you to be mixing it up and, and creating a new type of, of book is, is cool. I think that's pretty exciting. It is. I'm really proud of it. I wasn't sure at first, but then as I continued doing it, and then my very first bit of feedback was from a friend's daughter who's in her early 30s. And she said, oh, my gosh, this is so easy to read. I learned so much. It's like, okay, done. <laughs> it's yeah. working. <laughs> yeah, because readings reten well, successful reading involves retention. And how you read and how, you, how the information is displayed makes a huge difference. I think that's awesome. You've been successful for 35 plus years. I mean, you've been successful for a long time. You had the the opportunity to learn from it sounds like an incredible man your father and then 19 you're introduced to napoleon hill's thinking which has influenced you whether you kind of knew it or not at that time you've taken advantage of a lot of opportunities based on your own discipline and work obviously i'm not suggesting that it was just handed to you but are those same kind of opportunities available today today like that could somebody start today hearing this conversation, they've got nothing or less than nothing with credit card debt, and still climb out and reach to the top? Absolutely. It's never been easier, quite frankly, um, because of the internet, because of online businesses. You know, the issue is when you've dug yourself a hole, the first step is to stop digging. And the second step is to figure out where you are. Even if the picture is bleak, you'll feel more powerful because you have taken the test, you've taken control. And one step at a time, look at little wins. You have the opportunity to pay down your bad debt. You have an opportunity to start investing, even if it's small amounts, into assets. And that consistent application of better money habits will be more quickly received, and you'll start seeing the, resort, the results. Think about the momentum of your money. Right now, is it going backwards? More than likely, if you've got money sitting in a savings account, it is. So how can you start changing the momentum of your money and start moving forward so you're making more on your money than the um, inflation rate? Yeah, thank you so much for that guidance. And also that inspiration, I guess it ties into one of my last questions, which is, are you optimistic for the future? Is the future bright in, in Sharon Lecter's world for the rest of us? Um, absolutely. I'm seeing more and more women taking control. More and more women are getting into management positions. We have a huge social de um, demographic change, and that is more over 40% of women um, are the pri are, are primary breadwinners in their family, whether they're the own sole or primary breadwinners. And that's a huge shift in our social dynamics. And so with that does come responsibility and we really need to wake up. And I think you're seeing more women in management positions, you're seeing more women CEOs, but more importantly, I think it's it, each of us has the resources now through the internet, through, through studies, through books to take action. That's where people stop. They know they're supposed to do something. They just don't do it. So if there's one thing I can say, if you are the CEO of your life, 
we're all where we are today because of the choices we made before today, men and women. If you want something different, you want something better, you want something more, you simply need to start making different choices, different decisions. That's a whole chapter in Think and Grow Rich. Decide and then couple it with consistent action and you will see yourself in a better position next month than you are today. People are listening and thinking, I've got to have more Sharon Lecter in my life. Obviously, I recommend all the books you've written. Uh, again, 15 in the Rich Dad series, your own uh, works in the Napoleon Hill Foundation, and more. Your new book coming out. Can't wait to get it. You've also got a newsletter, which is short, punchy, and effective and to the point. Where can where can we sign up for that newsletter? Absolutely. Please visit my website, SharonLecter.com, S-H-A-R-O-N-L-E-C-H. Com. You can sign up for my, my newsletter. I also have a daily motivational tip. You know, when I get mad about something, I usually start a new company, Chris. And so <laughs> when COVID started, I was so tired of all the negativity. I started doing these positive messages every day, and I'm close to 1,500 of them at this point. And you have the opportunity. I call them your daily ATM, which is Abundance Tips and Mentorship, a play on ATMs in the banks. But this is an ATM for your mind, for your subconscious injection of positivity. And you can find out more about that on my website as well. SharonLector.com. Sharon, it's been a privilege and a pleasure, and I cannot thank you enough. I look forward to your next trip to Alaska and hope, hope to meet you. Well, thank you so much, Chris. It's a delight, and I appreciate what you're doing to help people. All right, thank you so much, Sharon. Be well. Start speaking up Nothing's gonna hurt you